0: Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today is study number two of Daniel chapter two. And we're going to be reading... In Daniel 2, verse 10 through verse 19. The Chaldeans answered before the king, and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician, or astrologer, or Chaldean, and it is a rare thing that the king requireth and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel, and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And I'll stop reading there. Now, again, just to remind us of the historical context, of the historical situation, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, dreamed dreams, and his spirit was troubled. And when he awoke, the dream had gone from him, and he could not remember the dream. So he called for his wise men and and were told that um, magicians astrologers sorcerers and Chaldeans arrived and when they did they told the king tell us the dream and we will tell you the interpretation of the dream but the dream was gone from him so he could not tell them the dream and instead he said tell me the dream and then I'll be able to know you can tell me the interpretation. But these wise men of Babylon, they, uh, protest and, and they're, they're telling the king, well, no king or lord or ruler has ever made this kind of request from any magician, astrologer or Chaldean before. This is unheard of. You must tell us the dream. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, who has a very short temper, it commands Ariok, the captain uh, of his guard, to kill all the wise men of Babylon. And, and so it would kill the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. But the decree would also include Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or as they're called here, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their their uh, Israelite-ish names, and, and they would die also, and and so Daniel wisely goes into the king and requests time so he can show the king the interpretation, which would mean he'd also have to show the king the dream, and it was a a wise move for him to make because they're about to be killed and Daniel knows that there is a God in heaven who knows all things and and so uh, he decides that uh, he Daniel and his friends will approach God and ask God for help concerning the dream and the interpretation of the dream. It's a very um, wise move to make. Otherwise, they would just be killed right then. And who knows if God will be merciful to them? And and so they begin to pray to God. And and it turns out that God does reveal the dream and the interpretation to Daniel. And so then Daniel. Um, very thankfully, blesses the God of heaven. Well, now, back in verse 10 of Daniel chapter 2, again it says, The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things that any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. And the sorcerer is not mentioned here, but the sorcerers were mentioned back in verse 2. When the king called for them, then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Now, at this point, the Chaldeans are arguing that this is um, uh, unjust You cannot expect us to know your dream. And, well, they'll go on to explain that it's not possible with men that only the gods can know someone's dream. And remember, we mentioned this in the last study, that these four groups, the Chaldeans, magicians, astrologers, and sorcerers, are the wise of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar had already said back in verse 8, he said, I know of certainty that you would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me. And then in verse 9, but if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till... The time be changed, and we talked about how King Nebuchadnezzar knew they had prepared lying and corrupt words, because spiritually, he's a picture of Satan, and and uh, these magicians and astrologers and sorcerers and Chaldeans, four groups pointing to the universal uh, wisdom. Or those that, that would claim to be wise within Babylon, which represents the whole kingdom of Satan, which includes the corporate church. It includes the churches and congregations of the world because Babylon overcame Judea and, and Judah became a province of Babylon under the rule of Babylon and, and part of Babylon. And Judah is a figure of the New Testament corporate church, and and so these wise are also the professed Christians within the churches and congregations, and so Satan spiritually has a real, an actual desire to know the truth of this dream because it concerns himself, and and as we. Uh, pointed out also in the last study in Daniel that the dream is regarding the image of himself, which um, the book of Revelation tells us is the image of the beast. It's the image that is made to Satan at the time of the end of the world. The The New Testament church actually becomes... The image of the beast. It's, it's what's in view by that image. And, and so the, the dream and the interpretation is related to events of the great tribulation and of the end of the world. And that is the time that Satan is loose to overcome the churches, which become part of Babylon and, and he rules taking his seat in the temple as the man of sin, or ruling as the king of Babylon over the corporate church. And and therefore, Satan is fully aware that professed Christians, as well as all the other religions of the world or philosophies, all those that would claim wisdom, have no wisdom. They have no real, true wisdom to interpret the word of God. They, they, uh, claim to, and normally that's good enough. Uh, that's what Satan has, uh, commissioned them to do. Hey, he is the one who puts lying words in the mouths of those prophets. Or, or was, excuse me, was that Jehovah? I think that Jehovah, uh, well, we'll have to take a look at that. Let's see, it's in First Kings 22, and beginning in verse 21, And there came forth a spirit, and stood before Jehovah, and said, I will persuade him. And Jehovah said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, prevail also, go forth, and and do so uh In verse 23, Now therefore, behold, Jehovah has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and Jehovah has spoken evil concerning thee. Well, that's why I was a little confused as to who put the lying spirit. Satan will be the lying spirit, but Jehovah hath put him there by allowing him, by uh, lifting his hand of restraint, and permitting Satan to come against the church and, and for his emissaries, uh, to fill pulpits and so forth. Yes, Satan is doing it, but God is taking responsibility because he's the one who loosed Satan. And, and, and so Satan, since he is the lying spirit himself in the mouth of his f- false prophets, Knows that for a certainty they cannot give him the truth because they have no ability in themselves to speak the truth. He's fully aware of that and, and yet he's insisting, he's demanding a right interpretation. I want to know the dream. I want the, to know the interpretation of the dream, but you must first tell me the dream. And and by the way, since the dream is from God, it's divine revelation, I think it's telling that the dream has gone from him. It, it's something uh, he's aware of, something he greatly desires to know, but something he himself cannot grab hold of. He, he cannot know it in any possible way himself. It must be told him and interpreted. And, and so that's where Daniel and his three friends come in. Only the elect can know the Word of God and interpret the Word of God. The professed Christians are of as much use as a Buddhist or or as a Muslim, or of a man of any other religion in the world, when it comes to rightly interpreting the Word of God, the Bible, they have no ability. Yet, in this case, that will destroy them. That will bring about their destruction, because it's absolutely necessary. The king of Babylon is making a decree that there must be a right interpretation of this particular dream or you will die. Isn't that something? It's actually the king of Babylon saying, I want to know the truth about divine revelation. And if truth is not told me, Concerning divine revelation, then the wise of Babylon will die. And that would be the magicians. And remember in our last study, we, we saw that the word magician comes from a graving tool that was used to form a false god. And, and, and so magicians are related to those that come with other gospels that speak of other gods. There was also the sorcerer and the Hebrew word translated as sorcerer is also translated as witch or witchcraft. It's eighty-five, eighty-six, and there are a few verses that would show or relate a sorcerer to a false prophet. For instance, uh, in Second Kings 9 verse 22, uh, the statement is made about Jezebel that her witchcrafts, her sorceries were so many. And in the New Testament, God identifies a church as Jezebel that uh, or that that permitted Jezebel to seduce um, in the congregations. And and then that church is cast into great tribulation and we also uh, read in the book of Acts, in Acts 13, in a passage, verses 6 through 12, of Bar-Jesus, a sorcerer, who is called a false prophet, a child of the devil. And, and, and so, sorcerers can be related to those that bring other kinds of gospels. Now, as far as an astrologer, it's mentioned several times in the book of daniel it's um strong's number 825 and also 826 is a related word but it's not translated as any other word and and so it's, it's a little difficult to get a biblical definition for the word we we know today people who are into astrology and and, and so forth but i don't see That from the Bible, although it's very possible. And the fourth group was the Chaldeans. And the Chaldeans are, uh, the Babylonians. It, the word Chaldea, Chaldean is synonymous with Babylonian. Uh, although it makes you wonder why they would be amongst the wise. If it's just any Babylonian, um, it, it seems to be perhaps, a, a particular ethnic group within the kingdom of Babylon. The, maybe the, the ancient founders. Um, if you remember, Abram came out of Ur of the Chaldees. And, and so there could be a particular people group within Babylon that identified as perhaps the original uh, Babylonian and and so they had a special place and a special significance within Babylon as it grew and expanded and, and its kingdom, uh, took over more and more, uh, area. But, but these are the four. And, uh, and again, the, the Chaldeans are the ones speaking in verse 11 to the king of Babylon. And it's a rare thing that the king requireth and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. So uh they, they are... Just unable. It is impossible. It, it's impossible. As it's pointed out, no one has ever asked this kind of thing. It's a rare thing the king requires. There is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. And, and you know, there's, there's, uh, truth in these statements, of course. It's the God of the Bible, uh, the Lord God Almighty, who actually knows what is in the dream, because He's the one behind it. He, He knows all about it, and, and the God of the Bible also knows all about everything else. He knows all things about all things, and, and His dwelling is not with flesh, He is God above, He's a spirit, and, and so they are making a correct statement to King Nebuchadnezzar, and they're also correctly putting their finger on the nature of the Bible itself and the nature of Bible interpretation, that there is no man, there is no, no human being living on the earth that can understand the Bible, that can know the dream or the vision as God likens His Word to, to dreams and visions. The divine revelation that comes forth from the mouth of God to prophets was often given in dreams and visions. And, and so the whole Bible is really typified by that, and there is no man who can know it. As the Lord Himself tells us in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man and we could stop right there and and we would all um have no hope that if if god just ended the verse there or if, or if that were the whole story and it is a fact it is Truth that the things of God, and what are the things of God? The whole Bible, the whole Bible is from God, so the Bible is the things of God. The things of God knoweth no man. We, we have no ability. There's not enough intelligence. We, we lack the, the spiritual understanding to know the Word of God, the Bible. And we're not just talking about the time of the end of the world, but we're talking about every other doctrine, every other teaching of the Bible. If God did not work through His Spirit to reveal truth, to guide His people into truth, we wouldn't have any understanding of anything in the things of God, the Bible. We would lack understanding concerning our sinful nature, concerning being dead in sin, concerning um, the doctrine of election, concerning er- every other doctrine. We would lack understanding concerning marriage and divorce, concerning a woman's role in teaching. We would lack understanding concerning Christ, uh, when he died for sin, and when he did die for sin, Who he died for specifically, we would lack understanding on point after point after point after point of, of what the Bible says exactly like the church does today. We, we would all be in that condition, in that situation, because as it says, the things of God knoweth no man. It's the natural position for fallen man to be in. Once he ate of the tree uh, against the commandment of God, the will of God, and he disobeyed God, then he died in his soul. Mankind and and all that came forth from him were likewise spiritually dead, and, and that would be our condition cut off from God, cut off from truth and understanding and the ability to know God. We could not know Him nor the things of God except for God's mercy and grace and, and His glorious salvation program that restored the soul of certain ones, His elect, and re-energized them and and so the verse does not end there in 1 Corinthians 2. In verse 11, it's, Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Then in the next verse, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God so god saves his people and gives them his spirit that we the the child of god receives it's not the spirit of the world but it is the spirit of god and since it is the spirit of god it is able to show and 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 to grant understanding so that the people of God might know the things freely given to us of God. Now, what things has God given to us? Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, The secret things belong unto Jehovah our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. You see, the Spirit of God reveals the secret things of God that we are able to know them. We we are blessed. We, we are uh, greatly privileged to know the unknowable for the rest of mankind, to know that which is Impossible for them to know. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, explaining why he spoke in parables. In Matthew 13, verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And, and how is it given to them? Through the spirit of God, through the, the Holy spirit who knows the things of God, but, but they lack the spirit of God. They lack the Holy spirit. And so they remain in the natural condition of having no knowledge nor ability to know the things of God. And it goes on here in verse 12, "...for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables..." Because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. They, they cannot understand. The wise, according to Daniel 12, verse 10, will understand. When the previous verse says, um, seal up the word, till the time of the end. None of the wicked will understand. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. And, and of course, of course God is telling us that because that's how it always is. But this is specifically concerning the information regarding the time of the end. And now in, in Daniel chapter two, we have a dream a dream a, a a dream impossible to know you, you that none of the wise of babylon know it nor can know it and they admit it we cannot know and and they they argue this point to the king that he is demanding something of them that's an impossibility and that's true it's true See, he is asking something of them they cannot give, nor do they know how it could ever possibly be given. They they do not understand the idea or the concept of approaching God, the giver of the dream, the giver of the word of God, the Bible. They do not get the idea that since he gave the divine revelation or he gave the dream to the king that he could reveal what what he had given and and also reveal the interpretation see they they lack the ability they they lack um just just understanding concerning the whole process of divine revelation and who's in control of divine revelation and who must grant understanding regarding divine revelation? They 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 don't understand the the process actually for coming to truth in the Bible. The corporate church today they have their confessions, they have their creeds, they they have their forefather statements in of the reformers. They 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 have um, theological commentaries and 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 that's where they go to look that's where they go to search for truth that's their arena for wisdom they they do not go to god they do not follow the methodology that god has laid down in his word for arriving at truth by carefully comparing scripture with scripture this Bible verse with that Bible verse, here a little and there a little, and in order to um, know doctrine, as as Isaiah tells us, no, they they don't do that because they lack true wisdom, and so when which in some matters throughout the church age it was fine because the reformers did have a grasp on many truths, many important doctrines like election. And, and so it served their descendants for some time. They, they were following in um, the, the right footsteps concerning some of these basic doctrines of truth in the Bible. But when we get to the time of the end of the world, the time when God opens the scriptures and begins to reveal things that were never previously known nor understood, and and things that are extremely uh, uh, important. These are essential doctrines because they are regarding the end of the church age, The, the giving over of the church into the hands of Satan, the coming out of the churches and congregations, and these doctrines actually are a matter of life and death. And we see that with King Nebuchadnezzar's decree concerning his dream. If you do not Tell me the dream and interpret the dream correctly, truthfully. Then he he won't stand for lying in corrupt words on this matter. It, 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 no, they won't do it all. You will die if you do not reveal the actual matter of the dream and its interpretation. And and you see. The reason is that it's all related to the image of the beast, to the time of the Great Tribulation when Satan will rule within the churches and congregations. And and so, at that time, as we have already gone through it, we've lived through that period, the proper interpretation and understanding of the Word of God was critical as far as living and dying, wasn't it? Because God was separating the wheat from the tares. And the wheat, the elect, were were being brought out of the churches. And the tares, the professed unsaved Christian, the, the professed Christians that were never saved, they remain within the churches and congregations. They remain for what purpose or or what was god going to do with them he was going to bundle them for burning and all that remained within the church would die and only those that came out of the churches and congregations and and not all the everyone who came out was elect but all the elect did come out they they would not die uh, even the unsaved that came out at, at, at that time, in that way, they came out into a, a place where God was sending forth the latter rain and saving a great multitude, and so there was life outside the church, the possibility of life, but within there was only death, and and we can see that it it was all dependent upon the correct understanding of divine revelation of the dream or the vision that is the Word of God, the Bible. It was all dependent upon the interpretation of the dream or vision, which is the Word of God, the Bible. And failure at that point to properly interpret the dream or vision, which is the Word of God, the Bible, would mean death. It it led to death for those in Babylon, for those that were within the corporate church that was overrun by Satan, typified by the king of Babylon, and therefore the church became part of Babylon. And we can see um, the basic outline for God's, uh, revealing of the the Word of God, the Bible, during the time of the Great Tribulation to His people. And really what we're learning here is the great importance, the tremendous stress that God is putting on knowing and and understanding and properly interpreting the Word of God at that time. It is, here in the book of Daniel, a matter of life and death. And historically, it was a matter of life and death for Daniel and his friends. Uh, you know, as we, we go on, I'll begin reading in Daniel 2, verse 14. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon, he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, "Why is the decree so hasty from the king?" Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel, and the word here "hasty" actually I say Hebrew, and it is found in Strong's Hebrew section of the concordance. But many of the words in Daniel have Aramaic origins, so. They're they're often slightly different than a related Hebrew word, but but they're the equivalent word. But here the the word hasty, which in Strong's is 2685 in the Hebrew, um, is found only one other place in the Bible, and that's also in Daniel. It's in Daniel chapter three. And I'll start reading from verse 19. This is at the point when King Nebuchadnezzar has made a golden image. And it's all related to the dream that he had and was interpreted to him. And he commanded that whoever will not bow down at a point when they hear these musical instruments play that that they are to be killed. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do not bow down, and, and so um, the king is, is very mad. Here in Daniel 3.19, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and that's our word translated as hasty, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, isn't that interesting that this word, um. Here, translated as urgent, and in our verse in chapter 2, translated as hasty. In both cases, it involves King Nebuchadnezzar who commands his people. It's the Ariok, the captain of the guard in chapter 2. And here, it's his mighty men that are his private guard. Uh, He commands his people to kill the the people of god uh, yes he was commanding to kill the wise men in chapter 2 and and uh, that included daniel and his three friends but still that command would have resulted in the death of the people of god and here too very specifically shadrach meshach and abednego who are the elect of God are going to be killed and it's a an urgent matter. It's a, it's a hasty command in chapter two that they must die. And, and, and so, you know, it, it's all related to this idea that when, when we look at it, when we analyze this dream and this um, this whole historical situation, we, we know the following points, that the dream was from God and therefore divine revelation. If the dream, the divine revelation, is not interpreted, then the king of Babylon, and the Bible tells us the king of Babylon is a type of Satan, Satan will kill you and all the the rest of the wise in babylon if the dream is interpreted the wise of babylon especially daniel and his three friends the elect are spared interpreting the dream um the the divine revelation therefore equals deliverance it identifies it relates to Deliverance from destruction. And again, we see the the uh, great importance, the the special importance God is putting on interpretation and the revelation of the dream, the revelation and understanding of divine revelation, in the time when Satan is ruling as the beast, when he's ruling during the great tribulation, there, there is special emphasis, strong stress laid upon understanding, properly understanding the dream and vision, which is divine revelation and failure to understand that Will will lead to a quick destruction. It it it's a hasty decree. The king of Babylon is urgent to destroy. It, it's what Satan does um, best. It it's his specialty. He uh, he is very adept at destroying things. That's why he was such a good. A servant in bringing destruction to the corporate body, but his desire and his main goal is to destroy the the true people of God. He's able to know the difference between false believers and true believers because he has his tares that he sows amongst the wheat, and 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 he knows the difference between a tear and a wheat. And so he wants to destroy the elect and and he can do it if they cannot understand the the dream the divine revelation if they themselves lack understanding, they will be destroyed and and you see how it all relates to God opening up the Bible, opening up. His word, the scriptures, at the time of the end, and, and revealing to his people the, the matter, the, the spiritual truth of the circumstances that Satan had been loose, that Satan had entered into the church and was ruling there, and now you must get out. You must, you must depart out and and go to the mountains it's the only safe thing to do if you remain you will die you will die a certain death and uh, along with all the other wise of babylon so called wise well here we know that that at verse 16 of daniel 2 then daniel went in He desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. You know, God is merciful. God is very merciful. We we read in Romans chapter 9 of God's wonderful mercy in uh, verse 15, For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. God is a God of mercy, but he's also a sovereign God who will determine. He will decide upon whom he will have mercy. And when we read the Bible, we know God is merciful in his election program and taking the sins of his people upon himself and and paying for those sins. He is merciful. In granting forgiveness uh, uh, and in in uh, granting eternal life to his people. He, he's merciful to us in many, many ways. We we understand that. But we perhaps do not think of God's mercy as much when it comes to a right interpretation of the Bible. We tend to think that's that's more of, of the efforts of study if you're studious enough if you're diligent enough if you work hard enough you will come to truth and that's that that's part of it that's part of the process god has put into place he says compare scripture with scripture here a little there a little and and it it does take effort and, and, uh, work and labor in the Bible to search things out, uh, to, you need to put in the hours to compare scripture with scripture. Just get a Bible and a concordance and, and go to any verse you like and start looking up each word and one verse in anywhere in the Bible, if you do it properly and look up every word will take you several hours. And, and that may lead to days more work but so there is much labor but if we leave it there we are not understanding how truth is is arrived at or how uh, how we come to truth as children of God it's it's much more than that it it is yes making sure any conclusions harmonize but before all that, there is a need, a necessity to approach God and to pray. And to pray for wisdom, but to pray for mercy. Oh Heavenly Father, have mercy and open my eyes and grant me understanding the reader of the Bible can pray to God Help me to understand Romans. Help me to understand Genesis. Help me to understand this verse. Help me, O God, and perhaps we we do, but imagine imagine if you're Daniel and and his three friends, and imagine if your life depends on it that here the situation is you will certainly die, King Nebuchadnezzar it it was a ruthless fierce king who would think nothing of destroying all the wise men and 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 chopping them into pieces and making their houses a dung hill and and then he would go have lunch it it was nothing to him you were certainly going to die unless you came to understand that which was not possible to understand in, in human terms, it was impossible to know the king's dream, let alone the interpretation. There, there was no way. It, it's sort of like uh, a step even more difficult than we have in knowing the Bible, because at least when we study the Bible, we have a Bible text. We, we have the verse in front of us. And, and so we have a head start already in advance of Daniel and his three friends. They did not even know the text. They had to provide an interpretation of something that had no text. And, and yet it, it really is helpful to illustrate the truth that even if you have a text, it's just as impossible It's just as, um, not unlikely, but as impossible for any man, even someone who does possess the Spirit of God, that is a saved individual, to know anything about the Bible unless God be pleased to grant them understanding. And, And so Daniel and his friends had a little time. We're not told how much, but a little time, and so they went to God and they prayed. Now how how earnestly do you think they prayed? Extremely earnestly. And and they they didn't have time for uh the, the things of Babylon. They didn't have time to focus on anything else, but there was intense Concentration and focus on knowing this, that which they could not know. And, and so they prayed to the one who does know and, and could reveal it to them. And they prayed and they prayed and, and they prayed all day. And then in a night vision, God revealed it to them. And, and you see, Really, uh, you know, the the fact that we lack understanding, um, it, it, it's ultimately in God's control. It's in God's hands. That if we, the people of God, lack understanding, but, however, that's not an excuse on our part. Oh, we lack understanding concerning what God is doing, and we go day from day to day. Well, then... Why are we not going to God? And I don't mean just me or or just um, some other people who teach. It was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, him and his companions. Why are not all of us going to God urgently and, and beseeching God for help and understanding? And, you know, if there's a passage, if there's a verse, and the people of God turn to God, humbly beseeching him, and crying out earnestly, diligently, and and, like Jacob wrestling with God, and will not let him go except thou bless me. If we beseech God, then it is very possible that God will reveal the, the information we desire concerning a scripture, concerning a passage, concerning a chapter, or concerning a book, especially given the time we're living in. But it, we, we need to turn to him and, and, and truly beseech him and, and just uh, waking up. Oh Lord, help me understand the Bible. Amen. No, that's not how Daniel and his friends prayed. It, it was, desperate prayer because they realize their lives dependent on it and and whether we know it or not that it, as we've come through times where proper understanding of divine revelation really was a matter of our lives depending on it of course all that relates to whether an individual is truly saved or not and and yet are, if an individual is truly saved, it works out so that they do come to proper interpretation, so they are delivered from the the church and, and so forth. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.